Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. We'll be continuing today in our studies here in the book of 1 Thessalonians. And we are here in chapter number 4, looking at verse number 16, which says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And so as we continue our studies here, looking at the issues of the catching out of the saints, and we've been looking at the issues of the Lord Jesus Christ returning and how he's coming with these three things to shout the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, which has led into some discussions about the angelic realm based on the issue of the voice of the archangel. We've been really dealing with a specific aspect of this, of looking at how the scriptures identify exactly what it is that the angelic realm is doing between time past, but now, and the ages to come. And we've been looking at some issues specifically here in time past, and we're on about the fifth item of what it is that the angelic realm was doing during time past, and we're going to look at some issues related to the deliverance that the nation of Israel and those that were ministering to them actually received from the angelic realm, helping them out in certain situations. And we're going to look at two examples here in the book of Acts. The first one will be in Acts chapter number 5. Here we're going to look at an issue. We're going to hear in Acts 5 starting in verse number 17 and we're going to read down through verse 19. And it says, Then the high priest rose up and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation and laid their hands on the apostles, and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors, and brought them forth, and said, and then it's going to continue on with the instructions that are being given to the apostles by this angel that had come and delivered them, from prison, and they were specifically just cast into prison because they were preaching the gospel message that had been given to the nation of Israel that they were given, which was the fact that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah, the one that had been promised in the prophetic scriptures, and by the fact that they were given this message that they were preaching at, the priests who were rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ as the Messiah, they were throwing them in prison because they preached that message. 
Now we see another example related to this deliverance. If we turn over a couple chapters here in the book of Acts, and now we're going to go to chapter number 12 here. And th this is after the salvation of the Apostle Paul, but we still have some issues being recorded of what it is that Peter and the other apostles were doing. And here in Acts chapter number 12, we're going to start here in verse number 5, and we'll read down through verse number 10. And we're going to again see the issue of Peter being delivered from prison by an angel here. Acts 12 verse 5, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and the second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. So we see how Peter, having been cast in prison, and this was, again, when the issue of Peter having been continuing to be faithful, teaching the message that had been committed unto the nation of Israel. And at the end result of it was him being cast in prison and this angel coming and delivering him from prison to give him the opportunity to continue to minister unto the nation of Israel teaching this message. Now, another thing that we see with the angelic realm in Israel's program in time past is we see how the angels were giving strength and encouraging individuals. And we're going to see how it's going to carry on through with some things of, you know, starting in our first passage we're looking at in Matthew chapter number four is going to start thinking of how they're doing this with the Lord Jesus Christ here in Matthew chapter four. And if you've read through this passage at any time, you know that this is the time where the Lord Jesus Christ is in the wilderness. He's been there for 40 days and 40 nights, Satan comes unto him and tempts him, and he tempts him in three different ways to try to get him to 
go against everything that had been laid out by the Godhead in their program. He tests them with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The same places that Adam failed in the book of Genesis, you have these same temptations here happening in the book of Matthew. And then you have the conclusion of this whole event. If we pick up in verse 11 of Matthew chapter 4, where it says, Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. So, after this whole event is done, that Satan leaves, and then these other angels come, and they minister unto him, and they're providing for his needs, you know, because he's been there for 40 days and 40 nights. And it said in verse 2 that he had fasted for that whole time and he was afterward and hungered. So part of that fact of them ministering unto him more than likely involved the fact that they were providing for that physical need that he had of the fact that he was and hungered. Now let's turn over into the Gospel of Luke. Let's go to Luke chapter number 22. And we're going to see another example here of this. And here in Luke chapter number 22. And again, this is going to be the angels as they're coming, they're ministering unto the Lord Jesus Christ here. We have the account in Matthew was towards the beginning of his ministry. Luke is here at the end of his ministry here. Here he is in, you know, we're going to read verses 42 and 43 of Luke chapter number 22. And this is the Lord Jesus Christ praying in the Garden of Gethsemane says, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Now, that's an interesting phrase talking about the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ needed a strengthening to happen, you know, and that's strengthening is happening not because the Lord Jesus Christ in his deity needed to have a strengthening. In his humanity, he needed a strengthening happening because as a man, he was seeing what was going on and knew that, you know, okay, he was going to have to die. That's why the phrase is used, the issue of, you know, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me, you know, and then about the fact of not my will, but thine be done. That's his will in his humanity of where 
as a man, he did not want to have to go and suffer the things that he was going to have to suffer. But as deity, he knew that he was going to have to die to take care of that issue of sin. And in order to be that sacrifice, he was going to have to suffer the things that you know we see recorded of him as he goes through those events. Now we see an issue uh, related to the angelic realm and prayer. If we go over into the book of Daniel, we're going to see a discussion here. And we're going to, in Daniel chapter number 9, we're going to see this is right before the prophecy that everyone, you know, when you say Daniel chapter number 9, everyone knows the prophecy that is in verses 24 through 27 and how that lays out the culmination of the prophetic program with it. But right before that prophecy is given, if we start here in verse number 20 and read down through verse 23... We're going to see it says, And whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation, and he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to shew thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore understand the matter and consider the vision. So we see how... You know, as he's going through and it describes how he's speaking, he's praying, he's confessing not only his sin, but he's confessing, confessing the sin of my people Israel. So he's trying to make supplication for himself and for Israel through the issue of confessing their sin, worshiping God, and then he gets communication through Gabriel. We've covered in the previous episodes talking about who Gabriel is, that Gabriel's part of the angelic realm, and how, as an answer to this prayer that he's offering up. Gabriel is speaking unto him, talking about the understanding that he's going to be given. And then you have verses 24 through 27, which close out this chapter, where Gabriel actually communicates to Daniel that prophecy that I said that you know pretty much everybody who has studied the Bible has 
read through and has at least a basic understanding of what that prophecy actually is all about. We're not, not going to spend any time in this episode really looking at what that says. So that kind of concludes the thought process of what we see that related to time past any of the discussions of what it is that the angelic realm was actually doing related to the nation Israel. Now when we get to the time now of the but now period, the information is given to the Apostle Paul specifically for us today found in the books of Romans through Philemon, you see how there's a much different discussion about what is going on related to the angelic realm. And how if I take you know what is commonly called the New Testament, which would be Matthew through Revelation, and I take out Paul's epistles. So now I'm just leaving Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, and then Hebrews, James, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Jude, and Revelation. You'll see that you know some derivative of angel, angels, angelic, you know, that it's about a hundred and sixty times in those books that you see those terms actually used. Now, in Romans through Philemon, you go from it being 160 times to about 12. So, you're looking at about once a book on average that there would be a some reference to angel, angelic, something of that nature, which is a much different thought process and showing how the angelic realm doesn't have that same impact on where the angels were directly influencing what was going on with the nation of Israel, we see that the angelic realm has a much different viewpoint of who we are and reacts much differently. And you see an example of this, and we go over to the book of Ephesians. We'll go to Ephesians chapter number 3. And we're going to read here, In Ephesians chapter number 3, we're going to start here at verse number 8, where it says, Unto me who am less than least of all saints is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known 
by the church the manifold wisdom of God. So these principalities and powers that are being made a reference to here in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, this is describing the governmental structure in the heavenly places, which is currently being filled by angelic beings. You know, these are positions that we as the members of the body of Christ will be filling once we get to the heavenly places, once the judgment seat of Christ occurs and we are given those positions, then we will be sitting in those. Right now it's angelic beings who they are actually learning the manifold wisdom of God you know, and it's being made known unto them by the church, by us. They are looking at us, not in a way to where they're intervening according to God's program. They're learning God's program through watching us, through seeing how it is that we are allowing the grace of God to work out in our lives. You see how Paul discusses the fact that everything that was given unto him was kept secret and was only revealed to him and how, you know, Satan, none of the angelic beings, none of them knew what was going on because if Satan had known what was going to be accomplished by the cross that he would have tried to prevent the events of the cross rather than encouraging the nation of Israel to crucify the Lord Jesus Christ. The angelic realm is seeing the long-suffering of God by the fact that you know individuals are rejecting what God is doing you know that they may even have received this salvation that's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 the fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures he was buried he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures they believe that and that alone they've they're saved, they're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, so they're kept in the body of Christ, something that was not talked about in time past. And yet individuals can have that salvation, can continue to do the things that are contrary to God. They're not losing their salvation, and God's not pouring out a chastisement or a wrath upon individuals because they're going against what his word is saying. You know, all of these different things that run completely contrary to what we see in time past in Israel's program that the angelic realm had no idea what any of that meant and yet now 
they're actually seeing this all occurring through us they're learning it you know and probably you know very confused over what this all means because it was so different from what they had experienced and knew before and here they are now learning the truth of what God's word says for individuals today. Now, next week we'll continue looking at some of the aspects of the issue of what it is that the angelic realm is kind of doing during this dispensation and the, the but now period. And then we may actually get into the ages to come either next week or the week after with that as well. Now, as we close here, I'd like to remind everyone of our website, which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org. And on our website, we have a number of study articles. We have some charts helping your study of God's Word. We have some previous audio files of messages. We have information on how to watch our services live as they're broadcast on Facebook. And as always, if you have any questions or comments about anything in our broadcast, anything on our website, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And until next time, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.